0: them up to First John chapter 2. Hallelujah. feel like you've gone through a car wash today, did you? Huh? Hallelujah. First John 2: 15 through 17, I want to start with. And it says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, underline this, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Go to Romans chapter 8 quickly. Romans chapter eight fourteen, And it says these words. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, I want to talk about a place that every Christian, every person should be acquainted with in their life. And that is the will of God. Every person should be acquainted with the will of God. Every person should know their purpose in life and fulfill it. You know, one of my instructors when I was down in Bible school, down at Rama Bible Training Center in Tulsa, he got up one day in class and he said, I want to let all of you know, he says, I, I don't live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I live in the will of God. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. That's beautiful. Amen. We need to live in the will of God. Because God has a place for you to be. And that is where your provision is in this life. In his will. And if you're not in that place, you will be miserable. And you will never fulfill your God-given purpose on this earth. See, living in the will of God or the plan of God for your life is a glorious thing. To know that you are fulfilling your purpose in life, that was determined by your creator. The one that formed you in your mother's womb. Think about that. There is no sweeter peace. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Knowing, how many of you know that you're in the will of God right now where you're living, where you're working, what you're doing? And there is a peace that passes all understanding when you're in the will of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So the will of God is simply defined as this, God's desire or God's plan. That's the will of God. And we as Christians know that the Word of God is the will of God. Everything that is written in this book right here, this is the will of God. Amen? Amen. This is not a book that was written, a book of man. God used man to put his words in print. The Bible says they were moved with the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? But in a general sense, the Bible, the Word of God, sets boundaries for our lives as Christians. It it reveals to us the will of God concerning His moral law and standards for living a victorious life on this earth. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The Word of God, it reveals to us spiritual laws to live by. And how many of you know, just like any law in the, in the natural, if you break a law, there's a price to pay. See, one, there's a book out in, you know, the Ten Commandments, right? i I seen a title of a book and it said, The Tender Commandments. Because it's God revealing to us how to walk in his blessing. See, he's not just trying to whip us around. He's not trying to, you know what I'm saying? Being a dictator, I mean, with, with a bad attitude against you, wants to whip you when you mess up. No, he gave us his word to show us how to walk in his blessing. And it's up to you and I to do that. He put it out there, but we got to live it. Amen? Amen? So God's commands are simply him revealing to us how to live and dwell in his will, in his overall plan. But today, I am going to more so talk about the will of God pertaining to your personal life. Your personal life. Listen to me here. I'm talking about, what about the everyday decisions? What college should I go to? What job should I take? What church should I attend? Come on. What flight should I take? What route should I take? Are you hearing me? Because, I mean, let's, let's, put, let's face it. I mean, you, you can't go to the Bible and, you know, Lord, I need to know what college to attend. Well, you're not going to flip in here and say, well, uh, Mary Jo has to go to Michigan State University. Oh, good. Well, that settles it, you know. Well, how are we supposed to know these things? By the Spirit of God. And today I want to talk about how to follow the will of God in a practical, personal sense. Practical, everyday decisions. See, the Apostle Paul would make statements In the word of God to different churches in different cities. He he would say, I'll come to you if the Lord wills. Think about that. Uh, He said, I want to come to you. I want to come and visit you in this city. If the Lord wills. So, how did Paul know if the Lord willed it then? Think about it. How did he know if if the Holy Spirit was putting the brakes on him going to a certain city at a specific time? How do you know if you're sitting at the airport, you're sitting at Metro Airport, you're about ready to jump on a plane to Phoenix, Arizona. How do you know if you shouldn't get on that airplane? Oh, I'm getting practical today. You want to hear this? See, when Jesus walked this earth in the flesh, he said this about the will of God in John four thirty four. Jesus said, my food, King James says, my meat, my strength, my nourishment is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Each and every one of you has a purpose, a God-given purpose to fulfill. But guess what? Your purpose is not like my purpose. Right. My purpose is not like your purpose. Now, we as the body of Christ, the Bible reveals a corporate purpose. Right. What we're supposed to be doing in, a, in, in big general sense of what we're supposed to do. Are you hearing me? Yeah. But how do you know if you're called to pastor? How do you know if you're called to have a healing ministry? See? See, what Jesus said, my food is is to do the will of him that sent me, to finish his work. That should be the attitude of every Christian on the face of this earth, to seek and to fulfill the will of our Heavenly Father. Now, how many of you know who Kenneth Hagin is? Kenneth E. Hagin. He's the founder of the Bible school I went to. He passed away in 2003. But he has a book that I recommend everybody read. It's called Plans purposes, and pursuits. And on the bottom of the front cover, this is what he says of that book. It says, what are you going to say when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ? And he asks you, did you follow my plans for your life or your own? Think about that. If, if, if we went up now, we got beamed up right now in the rapture, okay, okay, Jesus come back with the saints. Boom, it's judgment time. We stand before him, and he asked that question to you. How could you answer him right now where your life is at? Right now. Think about that. So I want to share with you some scriptures that talk about the will of God. I want to show you the advantages of being in the will of God for your life. And I also want to show you the negative side about being out Of the will of God. So go to Psalm 127, verse 1. Psalm 127, verse 1. This may be one of the most important messages you will ever hear having to do with your Christian walk. Because in some cases, it could mean life or death, being led by the Holy Spirit on this earth. How many of you know we're living on an earth right now? I mean, it's messed. Up. there's a lot of trash out there you got people terrorists blowing things up people up running planes into. Ta- hello we need more than ever the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit if you're going to live a long and abundant life Psalm 127.1 says this it says unless the Lord builds the house they labor in vain it's worthless who build it Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. So the first point that I want to show you about the will of God is that it is possible to miss it. It is possible for you to flat out miss the will of God for your life. In fact, uh, Kenneth Hagin, the Lord spoke to Kenneth Hagin years ago And the Lord said to him, he said, There's some people that I've called into the ministry. They've been in the ministry for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And they never entered into the first phase of their ministry. They missed the will of God for their life. And they lived and they died not fulfilling God's purpose for their life. But why do I need to say that, that you can miss the will of God? Some of you are like, duh. But let me tell you this right now. There are some people that think... That everything that happens on this earth, regardless of your actions or my actions, is the will of God. Hey, it happened, it must be the will of God, right? Because, after all, God is all-powerful. And if he didn't want something to happen, he can just stop me. Wrong, 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 wrong. The Bible is full of accounts that prove differently. That is is just a a lazy excuse. It's an excuse to to have no accountability on your part. But I'll tell you right now, I challenge you, if you believe that belief that everything that happens is the will of God, read through the Word of God. I guarantee you, it won't take you very long, (laughs) and you're going to find out, man, I was pretty foolish to believe that. See, we must choose to follow God's plan for our life. It was free will where Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you believe it was the will of God for them to eat that forbidden fruit? Come on, little theology 101 here. Do you believe that it was the will of God for them to eat the forbidden fruit? That's right. It wasn't. Because if, if you think it was, you know what you're saying? Sin is the will of God. How many of you here believe that sin is the will of God? If you do, we'll get you saved after the service. Amen. But the will of God won't be carried out in our life without our involvement. We must cooperate with the Holy Spirit to fulfill the will of God. Now, I mean, why would we be told to pray? If everything was the will of God and he didn't need our involvement, well, we might as well just save our breath. What's the use of praying if if everything's the will of God? But you know what Jesus said? He said, pray that laborers would be sent into the harvest. Pray that people would be sent to the lost to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Which tells me this, if we are not praying for that there's some people who are going to hell because we didn't take the time to pray for laborers to be sent. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? I don't want that on my hands. That's why I'm so bold at the pulpit here. I mean, you know, think about this. This is why I'm so bold because the responsibility is so huge on a pastor. It's so huge on someone who's, who's in the ministry. Because there might be someone watching me online, listening on the radio, or internet around the world, or even in this place. This may be the last message you will ever hear, because your tomorrow may not come. My mom died 54 years old in her sleep, massive heart attack, blood clot, whatever it was. She loved Jesus. She was saved, praise God. But listen, she didn't know when she went to bed on March 25th, that about half hour into her falling asleep, that she would leave this earth. Think about this. This is serious stuff, people. This may be the last message you hear. This might be the last drawing of the Holy Spirit on your life to make Jesus Lord of your life. This may be the last chance, if you're in a backslidden condition, to come back to him before the game is over, because it is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment the Bible says. Nobody can pray you out of hell. There's no purgatory. That's a lie. It's not biblical. Amen? Amen. Why did I get off on that rabbit trail? because I felt like I needed to, all right? Thank God. But God has a map for each of our lives, and we must by our own free will accept his plan, choose his plan. Why? Why is that? Why did God give us free will? Because that is the only w- way to reveal true love for our creator. I mean, if we're just robots, what? that's not love, Right? Love is freely given. Freely given. But what is so sad, what is so tragic is that Jesus, of course, died over 2,000 years ago on that cross. He made the provision for people to escape hell. But people have lived 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. The provision was there the whole time. Yet they didn't partake of it through faith in Jesus Christ and they're in hell today because they didn't partake of that provision that Jesus made but I want you to notice in Psalm 127 that it is possible to build your life on your plans apart from God it goes on to say except the Lord builds, uh, builds the house except the Lord builds the house they labor in vain that build it I don't know about you I mean, you might be more perfect than me, but I built a lot of things that were uh, my own strength, and they crumbled. Amen. Amen. But I found out when I was in the will of God, oh oh my. I mean, the winds can come. The rains can come. But you stand strong in the will of God. Oh, hallelujah. So, you know, some people think, like I said, that, that every Thing That takes place on this earth Or in their life is the will of God Well let me say this If everything on this earth is the will of God Then it would not be possible To grieve the Holy Spirit Because after all if everything that happened Was the will of God The Holy Spirit would just be happy all the time Because he's just controlling everything But Ephesians 4.30 Has a different story It says do not grieve The Holy Spirit of God why? Because there's a choice to follow him or not. If everything that takes place on this earth is the will or desire of God or plan of God, then that would mean that rape, murder, incest, abuse must be God's will then. Now, what fool would say that that is the will of God? I don't see any hands out there, so training you guys up well. Amen. If everything on this earth was the will of God, why would the Lord Jesus Christ tell us in Luke 11 verse 2 to pray to our Heavenly Father, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. You see, I don't know if you knew or not, but as Christians we are connectors between heaven and earth. Because God gave authority to mankind on this earth. Are you hearing me? Some of you, might, this might rock some people's theology, but you can go through the word, the accounts. I'm going to say something that might just shake your tree. God needs permission to move on this earth. Someone needs to agree with him. There needs to be, do you remember in the book of Ezekiel? Here's just one. God was looking for intercessors. Intercessors so that people in cities wouldn't be destroyed. And what does it say? I found none. And what happened? They were destroyed. That's just one piece of evidence. Someone needs to agree with him. God says, God says this. I don't do nothing on this earth except I reveal it to my prophets. Amen. Amen. Now, how, now, how many of you? I mean, that that just that's something new to you. Something new you never heard before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's okay. Praise God that you learned something new. Because, I mean, honestly, I mean, I was raised to believe that, well, hey, <laughs> everything that happens is the will of God. I don't have any part in this thing. You know what? God, God is in control. God is in control. Now, now I'm not being blasphemous about this. You know what I'm saying? you got to feel my heart. I'm not being blasphemous about this. What I'm saying is, God has given authority and control to us. God is in control if you let him be in control. God, In fact, listen to me. The only way God's kingdom is going to be advanced on this earth is through the body of Christ. Because you know what? Jesus isn't coming back off of his throne. He's not coming down from heaven to come and cast those devils out of people who are bound. Who's supposed to do it? These signs shall follow them who believe. And those who believe are his body. Christians. So, you know, I mean, there's, whenever I hear that phrase of oh, God's in control. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know. I hate to be a party pooper on that, you know, but it's like, I, I always want to jump in and say, yeah, he is if you let him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hold on, let me, I got something that's coming to me here. I love the impromptu stuff. All right, uh, let me see something real quick. Okay, let's go to Romans 8.28 real quick. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. So for all things to work together for the good, can God turn around uh, something bad that Satan has done in your life or the evil spirits have done? Absolutely he can. The worst situation ever that's going on in your life right now that you can't see any way out of, can God get you out of it and turn it around for his glory? Yes. What's the two conditions though that need to be there for that to take place? You need to love God, not forsake him in the storm. And called according to his purpose in His will. Are you following me? See, how many of you know I mean, you've been there? I've been there. I mean, when you're in the midst of a trial, you fall away from God. You know what I'm saying? You fall away, you backslide, you're just not seeking Him like you know you should. You're not getting into the Word like you know you should. Well That thing cannot be turned around for good then until you get your butt in gear and follow God and cling to Him. Amen. Amen. All right, I had to go off on that. Psalms one twenty-eight verse one says, "Blessed is every one that fears the Lord that walk in His ways." Blessed. Who wants to be blessed? That it says this, everyone that fears the Lord and that walks in his ways. Now, what does the fear mean? What is the fear of the Lord? Yet, reverence, a respect. It means, it means that you're faced with a temptation. You're faced with a situation. But you know what? Boom. I remember now in the word of God, this is not a good thing to go do. I'm not going to do it. You turn and walk away. What did you have? You had more respect for the word of God than for sin. Does that make sense to you? Reverence, a respect. We're hitting some important points here today. Very important points. I, I just feel like we're hitting a bullseye in the spirit today. So it is possible to walk in your own way and not God's way. Just be aware of that. Now, to be able to know the will of God for your life, you must renew your mind with the Word of God. Go to Romans 12. We go there quite a bit, but you know what? We're going to keep going there. I I heard something. uh, There's Someone sent an email to me that really encouraged me not. uh, That that said that someone has to listen to your sermon seven times to retain 20 percent of what you're saying. Great. <laughs> you know, I- I'm thinking, maybe w- w- next week I'm going to take a quiz on what I'm preaching right now and see how much you remember <laughs> I'm kidding kidding. Maybe I'm not. Uh, OK. <laughs> Romans 12 1 and 2 it says I beseech you therefore brethren Christians by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy 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 living for God it means acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed or pressed into the mold of this world system, is what it's saying, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you, here, why? Why be transformed in the renewing of our mind? Well, it goes on to say. I, don't, I love how the Bible just answers itself. It interprets itself. Amen? Amen. Why do we renew our mind? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That you can prove it. You ever hear some of these people who they they don't get into the word and they're trying to prove that something they're into or doing that is against the word, they're trying to say it's okay. Why? Because they haven't been renewing their mind. They haven't been filling themselves with God's word. Therefore, there's no boundaries in their moral character. Are you hearing me? So anything goes. And I mean, so people like that, I mean, try to lead them in the right way, and and if they won't listen, well, the Holy Ghost or the Apostle Paul said it. He said, if they want to be ignorant, let them be ignorant still. I mean, if they just want to argue about it, right? Let let them be ignorant, lack of knowledge. All right. But you try, you try. But there are several reasons why you must know the Word of God to understand the will of God. The Word of God, think about it this way, the Bible. All right. Now, if you write a book, if you were to write a book, what are you putting on paper? Your thoughts. Right? Thoughts that are in your mind, you're just writing them on paper. Well, the Bible is full of God's thoughts. So when you're reading the Bible, when you're hearing me preach about the word, you're filling yourself with God's thoughts. Pretty soon, you're going to start thinking how God is thinking about certain things. You're going to start, pretty soon, you're going to start feeling about situations and things the way God feels about them. Oh, let's use an example, Uh, Harry Potter. You fill yourself with the word. I mean, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out this is witchcraft. And you know what? It's an abomination to God. He hates it. You know what? Because God hates it, I have enough fear of him, respect for him, reverence for the word. I'm not going there. So so you can see renewing the mind, you're filling yourself with God's thoughts. I want to like what God likes, and I want to hate what God hates. You too? And and it's spending time with the Lord, spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer with Him, in His presence. You see, Elizabeth, my wife, for those who don't know, she knows how I would react in a certain situation. Why? Because she knows me. She spent a lot of time with me. What are we going on, 11 years thank you. Whew. I remembered. No, just kidding. See what I'm saying? It's spending time. Spending time with the Lord. You're going to get to know Him more. And you're going to know. I mean, you, you get to the point, how many of you know I'm talking about, where you're at such a place of intimacy with Him in spending time in the Word, loving the Word. The Bible says to love righteousness and to hate evil. That you're confronted with a situation and I'm not going to go there. I hate that thing because God hates it. Right? See, many people claim to know Jesus, but they don't. They've made their own Jesus. The Bible calls it another Jesus. This is the danger about not daily reading the word. I said daily. Daily. Read. I mean, at least read a chapter. You know what I'm saying? At least read a chapter of the Word a day. At the very least. But there's too many people who aren't getting into the Word and they've made a Jesus that accommodates their lifestyle. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That accommodates their sinful lifestyle. But that's not the Jesus of the Bible. Alright? Hebrews 4.12. Go there with me. Hebrews 4.12. You know, the Jeremiah 23-29 talks about the Word of God being like a hammer. We need, the every time, think about this, every time you read the Word of God, every time you come to hear a sermon, it's like a hammer. There's, how many of you know we all have hard places of, in our heart? Right? So the more we hear the word of God, boom, it's chipping away that stone, chipping it away so we can have a soft heart toward the Lord. It says this in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and morals and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart your motives. See, the Word of God is the only thing that is able able to separate your soul and spirit. How many of you know you're a spirit? You're a spirit being. Do you know that? You're a spirit being. You possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. And the Word of God, when the Word of God comes forward... And this is why it's so powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Those thoughts that you're thinking that are contrary to the word, it comes right around and it cuts those suckers off. Amen. And it's a discerner. I mean, it, it reveals, it exposes the unscriptural things that you're holding on to in your life that are hindering you in your life. So if you're in a service, if you're in this service right now, if you are go to another church, whatever, and you're hearing the word, and you're feeling uncomfortable... I mean, man, you're squirming around in your seat. You can't wait to get out of there. Just know that's a good place to be. Just know sometimes it's, it, well, it, it is healthy to feel that way sometimes. I mean, if, if I'm walking out of a place and I'm, you know, hey, you know, there's no conviction. There's no preaching on things that are wrong. There's no, beware, beware, amen. We need to hear the full truth, even if it's unpleasant for the moment. Take correction. Take correction. Amen? Amen. All right, so it's, the Word of God is the only thing that is able to separate your soul and spirit. In other words, it'll help you determine, listen, if something is birthed out of your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, your flesh, or from the Holy Spirit. Now remember, if you're a Christian today, the Holy Spirit lives inside of your spirit man, all right? Follow me here. And when you became born again or saved, Ephesians 4.24 says that your spirit was, it became created in righteousness and true holiness. So when you're a Christian, you should have a desire to do right. You should have a longing to do right. Now, you always are going to contend with the temptations of your flesh. And that comes from the soul. Right? But there should be a part of you that wants to do good. Are you following me? In other words, your spirit man, the real you, wants to obey God. It wants to walk in. It wants to stay in the will of God. On the other hand, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, part of your flesh, it does not necessarily want to go in the way of God. And that is the part that needs to be renewed with the Bible, with the word of God. See, when you got saved, your soul didn't get saved. How many of you heard that before where oh my soul got saved you know we kind of use but really in theological terms your spirit man got saved you got to renew your mind you got to renew your soul i mean i'm just talking on terminology now biblical terminology here all right all right but your soul would rather go in the way that That looks and feels more appealing to your natural senses, to your fleshly desires, all right? But if you're renewing your mind on a daily basis, listen to me. If you're renewing your mind on a daily basis by reading the Word of God, and you're honestly seeking the Lord, you want to know what's going to happen? That little disconnection between your spirit man and your soul, as you renew your mind, you're lining them up think about that are you still awake out there yeah. <laughs> I mean are you so in awe by my illustration <laughs> yeah that's powerful huh <laughs> I'm almost done Proverbs 20 27 Proverbs 20 27 I know I'm going a little bit over here but it's good Proverbs twenty twenty seven. You never know what to expect when you come to RCC. And you know what? I like it that way. I, I, you know, think about it. I mean, it, it's like churches can do either one of two things. Churches can do either one of two things. Listen to me. When people come in, they can either... Churches, the leaders of the church have to make a decision. If people are griping about something the leader conforms to the people or the people just take what they can get when they come in and willingly sit down in these seats see this is why you have a lot of seeker sensitive churches that won't talk about sin they, they won't talk about major issues that offend people why because they tweak their message with the visitors who are coming in I say hey I'm just going to give the full word of God if they don't like it well, they're free to go right I say, people conform to the word. Amen? Amen. That goes for me too. Amen? Amen? Amen. Proverbs twenty I'll tell you what though, we've seen good results here. If people will just stick it out, yeah, they might get offended. They, you, you might get offended coming here first couple times if you're a visitor or whatever. You come here first couple three times, man. The Holy Ghost will hit you where it hurts. I'm telling you what. But if you'll hang in there and stick in there, it's worth it, because you're going to notice that your life is changing for the better, and you're really you're going to appreciate the hard messages. I I just I can't imagine sitting in some seeker sensitive churches. Well, anyways, um, anyways, Proverbs twenty twenty seven. So I just want to encourage every pastor watching and listening to me, preach the word. Preach the word of God. Advance the kingdom. Amen? Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man, the real you, your spirit man, is the candle of the Lord. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to enlighten us through our spirit man. He's going to lead us through our spirit man. Because the spirit, of the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And when the Holy Spirit leads, that is, being, that is called being led by the inward witness. Say inward witness. inward witness. That means the times when you were about to do something and you just didn't have peace about doing it. You hearing me? Now I'm sure you've had to make some decisions in the past where your soul, your fleshly desire said yes, but on the inside you had no peace about it. And you went ahead and you did it anyways and there was a price to pay. Have you ever had that before? Come on, be honest with me people. Have you ever had it where everything in the natural of of this thing it looked great? But you didn't have peace, you did it anyways, and you paid a high price for it. All of the worldly things like money, prestige, the praises of man, were there waiting for you to take. But on the inside, you just knew it didn't feel right to go in that direction. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Do you know, he's always looking out for us as Christians. In all the decisions that we make, he wants us to benefit in every we do I, i i you know i'm convinced that there is a good number in the body of christ that think that god wants them to fail in everything they do i am convinced of that that there are some people christians who believe that that god wants them to trip he doesn't want them to prosper but that's a doctrine of demons right there it's a lie from the pits of hell he wants us to prosper that's why he gave us his holy spirit on the inside of Christians. Colossians 3:15. Colossians 3:15 says it says this, "Let the peace of God rule in your hearts." Say rule. Now, to the casual observer, you would probably just read that verse and you would and you would just pass right by it, never give it a second thought, right? Oh, that's pretty Let it rule in our heart. Great. What's for lunch? Right? But listen to me. Do you know the Greek word that is translated rule from the original? You want to know what that means? You want to know what that means? Umpire. And let the peace of God umpire in your hearts, in your spirit, man to which you are also called in one body and be thankful. Oh, thankfulness, oh, that's another topic. But let the peace of God rule or umpire. What does that mean? You're about ready to make a decision to go do something. And you feel a check. You don't have peace about this thing. Let that lack of peace be the umpire that says, you're out of there. You got Peace? You got, you got, you feel like you got. We call it in the Christian circle. I know we have some ease in the Christian life, all right. But we call when you when you feel a peace about moving forward, we call that a green. I, I, man, I got a green light. You know, when you don't have peace, it's a red light. Guess where I'm getting that from? <laughs> some of you caught that. It's really time to go, isn't it? Um. But anyways. Let it umpire. Now, how can you trust your spirit man? How can you trust that peace? How can you trust that? Well, first of all, you've got to be a Christian. Are you hearing me? You've got to have the Holy Ghost residing on the inside of you. You've got to be a Christian. I mean, if you're not a Christian, you can't, I mean, can't necessarily trust it. Can the Holy Spirit direct an unbeliever at times? Oh, of course. Example? there are multi after 9-11 happened in new york city and around the country here there were so many testimonies of people who said you know i got up for work and i just didn't have peace to go into work i i felt like i needed to stay home the people who didn't go their lives were spared how I many of you know what I'm talking about? There was uh, Flight 255 that crashed at Detroit Metro Airport in 87. Several people said, you know, I was sitting there. I was in line getting ready to hand the ticket to the ticket agent. And I, and I just did not have a piece to get on that airplane. Well, what happens? It's rolling down the runway. Lifts off. Oh, no flaps. Pilots forgot to put the flaps down. Gets up a little bit crashes right on Middle Belt Road. Those people's lives were spared that followed the inward witness. I'm telling you, this is so crucial. Life or death in certain situations. Let me tell you something else. I I feel like I need to tell this testimony. Uh, B said I could tell it. You know, B um, on Tuesday, uh, B, who goes to church here, she left a message on my answering machine. She said, "Hey, I got some great news for you. I just want to share with you." Well, I come in on Wednesday. Me and my dad. It was Brooks' birthday. All right, and uh, my dad was in town, and we had to run to Walmart get the cake and all this stuff. And so I come in on Wednesday to check the messages here and had to do some stuff real quick in the church. I'm like, yeah, just hang out a little bit. I'll be with you in a minute. I check the answer machine and I hear B's message. I didn't know when she called. So I was like, all right, well, I'm, gonna, while I'm here at the church. I'm just going to give her a call. I give her a call and she answers and she's totally out of it. She's uh, Like words that she's saying is not making sense. She's like, oh, uh, I, 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 I'm shaking all over. I, 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 I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I mean, I'm thinking, heart attack. Something. There's something physically wrong with her. There was an emergency going on. She goes. I go, B, do you want me to call the ambulance for you? She goes, no, no. Uh, uh, j- just call, c- call one of my children. Call one of my children. B, are you sure you don't want me to call the ambulance for you? No, call my children. All right, all right. I'm gonna do it now. I called Tina, her daughter, and she went over there. Well, obviously B didn't have enough sense because she was out of it to pick up the phone and dial for herself. She ended up having a fever of 103. She accidentally took more of her pain medication than she should have. Her blood pressure was all out of whack, urinary tract infection. And my point is this. I could have easily said, I'm going to, you know, I, I could have just ignored that feeling to call her and could have said, you know what, I'm kind of busy here. I got Brooke's birthday. I'll talk to be later on. Mind you, she left the message that I listened to on Wednesday. She left it on Tuesday. I felt like I needed to call her when I heard the message. The timing of God. The doctor said it was extremely serious. B, I mean, B even told me she said if if you know the Lord wouldn't have led you to call or get help, I might not be here today. Praise God. Now, someone else, who was it? Yes, Angela told me when I was telling Angela this at service. She goes, "You know what? B was coming to my mind. She was coming to my mind today a lot." I go, "What time?" She said around noon. I said, "That's when I called B." My point, God is watching over his people. Oh, I feel the presence of God right now. God is watching over his people. Look at the timing. My point is this also, being led by the Holy Spirit. That's all in line with what I'm talking about. How many of you have had a picture of someone come in your mind? or, Or you had an impression of someone that you really needed to call them? You got man, I got to get in touch with this person, but you kind of just shrug it off, you put it off. Man, I got to get in touch with this person. You shrug it off. That's the Holy Ghost telling you to contact that person. Don't neglect. We got I'm telling you. We have got to be more sensitive to these be more, be more sensitive to the the images that come into your mind of of people that you know. All right, uh, uh, more sensitive to the impressions that come to you. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, revealing something to you. He can speak to us through dreams. What kind of dreams have you been having? Now, uh, not every dream is. Some of it's just a bad pizza you ate last night. All right, <laughs> or, or eating too much at the Chinese buffet. But that's another story. But uh, but just pay attention. Say pay attention. pay attention. Because it could be the Holy Spirit and you could be the answer to someone's prayer. You, I'm telling you, you could be a lifesaver for someone. I'm, I'm feeling that so strong right now. Yeah. That you could be the very one that God's tapping on your shoulder to contact that individual. Someone who's suicidal. There's many testimonies I've heard people say when, man, I felt like I needed to call this person and when I did, they said they had a gun to their head. And I talked them out of it. Timing is everything. And the Holy Ghost is the best dispatcher in the universe. Amen? Wow. Wow. Let me show you something real quick. Go to Acts 27. Don't neglect those impressions or urges to call someone. Man, I feel like I got to call someone and tell them about Jesus today. That could be their last chance to hear about Jesus. Amen. Acts 27, seven eleven. This is an account of the Apostle Paul. All right, listen to this. When we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off, whatever it is, the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete of Salmon. Sel- Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lysi. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, meaning some things they were doing and religious things they were doing, Paul advised them, saying, men, listen to what Paul said, men, I perceive, underline that word, you ever perceive something, just don't feel right. He said, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owners of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. The Holy Ghost was showing Paul, don't get on that ship. He said, sirs, I perceive. I perceive. What's he talking about? The inward witness. Red light. This don't feel good, people. This don't feel right. But look at verse twenty-one. But after long ab- so they ended up going, and now we're on twenty one. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, listen to what he says. Men, you should have listened to me, and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Well, why'd you get on it, Paul? <laughs> Huh? you're going to have to ask him in heaven I don't know (laughs) but this just this account makes me wonder how many things have we suffered in our life when we disobeyed the inward witness of the Holy Spirit the prompting of the Holy Spirit to avoid something but we went on anyways and we let the floodgates of hell open in our life I just want to encourage you, be be more in tune. That's a good good phrase. Be more in tune. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is with us all the time. He's trying to lead and guide us all the time. The question is this, do you have your spiritual antenna up? An example, right now, right through this building... There is invisible radio waves, television waves going through it. Guess what? Doesn't do us any good. I don't have an antenna. I I don't have a receiver. I can't pick it up. Well, how in tune is your spiritual receiver? Are you more in tune with the things of the world, more things in the natural? Or are you more in tune with the spiritual realm? Think about it. this making sense to you? Yeah. Just, I won't read it, but in 1 Kings 17, the last thing I want to talk about. 1 Kings 17, verses 2 through 6, the Lord told Elijah the prophet, he said, go to this certain brook. He goes, and when you're there, I'm going to have a raven come and feed you. There. A place called there. My question is, are you there? What is there? There is the will of God. There is where your provision is in this life. I see you're all reading it behind me. Um. <laughs> A place called there. If Elijah would not have gone to that exact spot, he never would have gotten food. Probably would have died. So we got to make sure that we are in a place called there. Be patient. Wait for God to answer. Make it a point in your life today to seek the will of God in every area of your life. Be open to the leading and follow the Holy Spirit. I guarantee if you will truly do that, listen, I'll promise you this. If you will do that, this is my promise to you. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulation. I promise. But, you know, I also hold on to the other promise that Jesus said, that he will give us the peace that passes all understanding in the midst. Because people, I don't know if you knew it or not, but we are in a war on this earth. A war between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. You're going to have some fire coming at you when you're in the will of God. But when you're in the will of God, you'll know it. And you'll be convinced of it that you're in the will of God and you'll be able to take any heat that Satan throws at you. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, every service, pretty much every service I do this, if there's someone in here that has never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life or watching online, And today is the day that you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know what? I I just feel like doing something a little different today. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life and you want to today, I want you to raise your hand right now. I want you to just raise your hand to the Lord right now, if that's you. Today's the day you're like, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I want you to pray this after me, watching online also. Say, God, just go ahead and say it verbally, verbally. Not inside, verbally. Say, God, I am a sinner. I realize that. And I am in need of the Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That He shed His blood on the cross. He died. He was buried. And He rose from the dead on the third day. And it's that Jesus that I confess as Lord of my life right now. Heavenly Father, you notice how that switched? You can now call him Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would fill me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power. Heal every area of my life. I renounce Satan I renounce every evil spirit I renounce Satan's kingdom and right now I declare that I am a member of the kingdom of God and a child of God hallelujah praise the Lord Now, if there's anyone in here who years ago you confessed Christ as Savior, but you know what? There's no evidence. There's no fruit there. You've fallen away from the truth. If that's you, I want you to come up by this drum set, and I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You want to learn more about the Holy Spirit baptism? You want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Meet me by that drum set. Maybe you're in this place, you need a physical healing, you need an emotional healing, you you need prayer for something, whatever it is. If you want me to pray with you, I'm available. Just turn that music up and worship the Lord. If you want to come to the altar, it's open.
1: in your way.
0: request, all right. I know we're 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 a little fast, but it's all right. If you have to go, don't don't let us hold you up. Just we're almost through. Hallelujah! Oh my! (laughs) All right, good, good, good. All right. Okay, Joe, Pastor Joe, and Anne. they, they want confirmation to move back and a house and a job. So Father, I agree right now with Pastor Joe and Anne and the family. Lord, I pray that you would open the door for them, Lord, to be in your perfect will. Lord, they have a desire to come back here. So we're taking it by faith, Lord, that you are going to open a door for them that he can be used, Lord God, in this area, this region like never before. So I pray every hindrance... To that would be removed in Jesus' name and that they would be able to come back, Lord God, and fulfill your plan and purpose for their lives in Jesus' name. Um, pray for those who lost loved ones in the World Trade Center attacks, uh, ooh, including a friend of mine on Facebook. I didn't know this, but his uh, daughter died in the 9-11 attack. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your peace that passes all understanding would come upon the family members. That lost family members and friends in the World Trade Center attacks, Lord God, on 9-11. Lord, as this anniversary is coming around for the attacks, Lord, just let your Holy Spirit draw every person closer, closer to you, Lord, closer to you than ever before, and that you would heal their brokenness, their broken heart. Sure, the void's always going to be there, but Lord, heal the pain. Heal the pain of the loss of those loved ones. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we lift up Stacy, Lord, and her husband. Lord, I just pray for healing for both of them, Lord, in their marriage, in their physical bodies. Lord God, we they want to be in your perfect plan and purpose for their life. So Lord, I just pray that you would give them wisdom, that you would lead and guide them into all truth, Lord. Lead and guide them into all truth. And I just pray that you would give them discernment to see the pits, traps, and snares of Satan that would try to trip them up. So Lord God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to Stacy and her husband. Draw them closer. Draw them closer to your son Jesus than ever before. That they would walk in that intimacy level with you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? "All right." thank you everyone watching. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, revivalchristian.org. God bless you. Praise God. Thank you, visitors, for coming today. Had a great time. Come on back. Amen? All right.